Hi there, welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by fans for fans, where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 157 of the flagship show. I'm your host tonight, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say every week, guys, it's not just the pod we have here at Jersnet, you know, we have articles on the websites, match previews, reviews, all that kind of stuff. Frankie's got his social media, and there's a history archive on the website as well, so get yourself on there. If you like what we do here at the pod, please give our YouTube a wee like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff and put the word out there in social media uh, for us. Looking at the, the result today against uh, Ross County Rangers uh, 4, Ross County 2 uh, I'm joined by Gary Valentine and Alex Anderson to, to, to look at the game. Gary, we'll, we'll come to you first. Uh, you're, you're obviously basking in that sort of new new father mode and all the rest of it to the extent that I believe you were uh, logged on half an hour early for the show tonight. Was baby brain? It's happening. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you're not the first, to be honest with you, because you know the Friday show is normally at nine o'clock and Sunday show is half nine, so we've had it before. But uh, I quite enjoyed that. On a Sunday, my head's usually at Mars anyway, but for different reasons. <laughs> well, that's what happens with the new baby bounce. You know what I mean? You don't know what day of the week it is. Yeah, uh, and also joining us is 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 Alex Anderson. How are you doing, Alex? Uh, I'm doing fine, uh, thanks Scotland, especially after today's today's win. And uh, Gary, don't give it your partner, mate. You're the same as me. We're all champing at the bit because Rangers actually won the day. You know, went 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 a few goals in front. We got to relax at Ibrox for a change. It was great. But um, you're you're doing well yourself, Colin. That's what Friday night, the night, and then I saw you were getting accosted outside Ibrox the night by some kind of. He looked like a, some sort of drug dealer, you know, like a long shoreman with his yeah. bonnet on and a big jacket. It's scary looking oh, dude. Oh, he's, yeah, he, look, he, on there he looks dodgy, doesn't he? He, look, he looks as dodgy as a £3 note, by the way. I didn't notice him. See, with that hat on, with the range to me, and I, I was like, Stan, is that him? Is that no him? He looks like a bit of a crook. And then he was like, oh, hiya. So I, I so we're start, we're, it's something we're trying to do, uh, trying to do a wee bit more pre-match and post-match stuff from the actual ground, so... Uh, we'll try and get that out but some of the comments have been pretty positive so far but uh, it was quite funny I don't know if you noticed there was a bin man behind us <laughs> in the middle of the chat this sort of bin man sort of wandering about giving us a wee look and the thing is after we'd finished the video they kind of followed me all the way down to the subway station uh, so aye uh, good laugh good laugh uh, I, I was at the Camelon game yesterday where were you I noticed you were out and about as, as, as normal at one of these games I like to see the Buffs, Cowan and Rangers uh, they got a new stadium they've been I think, right. for a couple of, couple of seasons so I hadn't been I used to Palamines for coming in, so I'd, I'd been to their old uh, Abbey Park uh, plenty of times in the years, but uh, I hadn't got around to going to their new place, so went there. That's me get one more to go, and uh, I'll finish the old Scottish Junior Football Association West Region every ground, uh, every ground in that in that region. There we go. A wee upset, a wee obsession from the kind of sprang up during lockdown. We couldn't go to any further, mate. The, the Saturday, the Saturday or the weekend, the football stopped. We were playing Celtic, remember on the Sunday. And uh, I was supposed to go to see Royal Albert uh, in Stonehouse for the first time I'd ever, I'd ever seen in. Something, I've got maybe one or two new junior rounds every season. But then I think just no getting to a game at all. I, I just had it in my head. I've got to get these grounds done. I've got to, I've got to yeah. go and see them. So this season I've been I've been absolutely tanking it. You know. So next three Saturdays are all free. So I'll get a lot of them done. Ah, good, good. I was at, I was at, uh, came on Lomoth Garage yesterday and... Uh, I had a wee bit of patter with their goalkeeper. It was it was it was quite it was quite extreme. It was good. It was good light, you know what I mean? It passes a Saturday, but uh I he was being a bit of a dick. You know what I mean? It was just been a wee bit been a bit Scott Bruni, you know what I mean? You know, getting tight to support us because he used to play for Kmon. He used to play for them 
And I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if it's linked. To, there was stuff in the summer we came on in terms of accusations of money, you know, getting paid to players for low cash and all that kind of stuff. Don't know if it's true or if it's not true, but... Anyway, for whatever the reason, this guy had a bee in his bonnet, you know what yeah. I mean? And I, I think we took about an hour and then I was just like, mate, no, you're not getting away with that, you know what I mean? So he, he just got it absolutely stinking. We found every way possible uh, to give him it stinking. So I, that was a good how, laugh, good laugh. How he's going? How came on how came going? Pump three one. We'll not go on about that though. We'll we'll we'll, we'll dump all the game on chat and and go into a team that won today. Uh, Gary, I'll come. I'm coming to you first. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know how you were feeling today, but like I, I got off the train today, and it's, it's normally the same time. You know, you start uh, looking for the team on Twitter. You know, when, when it's going to be announced, and I was expecting changes there. You know, and I think the way Gerard it framed his his post match his, his post match interview on on Thursday night, you can expect the changes. He was specifically mentioned in front three. I wasn't quite expecting the level of changes. I must admit, and I must admit, when I saw that midfield, I got a wee bit of the fear. No Morelos. Good to see, obviously, Ryan Kent back in the side. Uh, so how did you feel? I mean, me and my son and a few others, I was messing a couple of mates, we all kind of got the fear when we saw that team. Uh, how did you feel? No, I quite expected that, to be honest. Um, I actually thought Jack Simpson would have maybe started today. Uh, I don't know if injury was maybe a reason or not, or if it was just uh, wanted to keep the same back four. But uh, we're saying that uh, Bassey played today. But yeah, I expected loads of changes, uh, especially the front three. Uh, after his comments from Thursday. But uh, yeah, it was just, uh, as I said in, in the chat midweek, it's good to see that we've got quite a good uh, squad of 22 that you can make those changes and it doesn't really affect the quality we've got. Yeah, and, and Bakuna starting as well, you know, I think I'd, I think no Davis there just sort of made me think, oh, and I, I was quite chuffed to see uh, Scott Arfield back in, back in the side last week. So, yeah, so Bakuna, were you, were you happy to see him start? I was, I was maybe he was the most uh, surprising one, to be honest. Uh, it's taken a while for these guys to, to get up to speed. But I th- if you look back uh, before we won the league, and it was like Davis, Jack, uh, Kamara, they, they were kind of two samesy-samesy for me. And now you've got Bakuna, Aribo, guys like that. that can, you can count Arfield as well. They're a bit more attacking, give us more of a goal threat. So I'm glad that he's starting to go that way because I think that was one of the big problems we had that we weren't getting goals through midfield and we couldn't have done it today. Actually, that's a, a goal. So I was quite happy with that. I like the, the no Morelos and, uh, you know, as, as, as Gary's alluded to there, I think we kind of half expected it. You know, I think Gerard was quite stinging in some of his comments on Thursday, you know, saying he was going to make changes and I, I don't think he was happy with the performances of a, of a few individuals in that front three. So, in terms of that, are we looking at Morelos? Was it was he was he rested today? You know, or or was he dropped? How how were you viewing that? Bit of both, with the emphasis on the dropped. I think, uh, Colin, um, I it's difficult for me because I love Alfie, I love him to bits. Um, but I think it's even more difficult for for Stephen Gerrard um, to to deal with Alfie. Uh, but if anybody can, he can. He seems to know how he can. Act. You know, when to drop him, when to kind of, you know, talk him up, when to put the arm around him, you know. Um, and he has a laugh. Uh, I, I think with the fans, when even when even when uh, Morelos is, you know, doing really well in Europe, he's always quite upfront. Even Gerard have been telling us, I we know why he loves this competition, because he's wanting to move. So there's a real honesty there uh, with how he, how he deals with Alfie. 
But um, it's just becoming, it's almost becoming kind of part of the routine, you know. Um, Alfie doesn't have a great game, looks a bit sloppy, a bit, bit disinterested. That's it, he's, he's not playing the next game or whatever, but I don't know. Um, it, it all works out and I think it speaks to how the whole, what we're doing this season. I think it's not just about suspensions and about injuries. I think there's just a general, as I was saying, pod last week, I think there's just a general determination to to kind of really rotate the team and get them used to the idea that this is a this is a squad kind of squad season like no other almost. And I'm the same as yourself. The first thing I saw today was no Davis, no Kamara, and that gave me a wee bit of the fear. Like this is this is bold or this is suicidal. But as Gary's saying, it, it worked out. To, you know, Bakuna come in. I'm, you know, kind of confirmation bias. I thought at first I was thinking, oh, I don't know if he's really got the kind of intensity or whatever, but I think we've been saying that about Rangers in general all season. And Bakuna kind of summed up how we're doing, how we're, how, how we're kind of rolling this season. Seemed a bit kind of, uh, a, bit, a bit laid back, but he's one of these guys that that's how he plays. And he starts moving and, and ends up scoring a cracking goal, really contributing, had a, had a smashing game. And it's, it's, it's just the way Rangers have been playing this season. It's this, Losing the first goal, we'll talk about it, but it's just becoming. I actually laughed today. It's just like, ah, here we go. This is just what we did. We won, won, won the league last season by no conceding any goals. We're winning the league this season by conceding every single game. It's just as long as they get there, as long as they get the three points. But I thought we got a lot of good, a lot of players that have been in the fringes got a run out today. And uh, if it was a gamble at all for Stephen Gerrard, well, it certainly worked. Gary, on the on the conceding first. I mean, on the on the preview show on on Friday, there myself and John, you know, we're, we're both sort of saying like, surely this this game, you know, Ross County, bottom of the league, this this has to be the 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 week that we don't concede. Uh, but we did concede, and not only did we concede yet again, we conceded first. You know, what I mean, we went behind after like five six minutes, uh, and it all sort of came for a, a mix up between Hadji and Lundstrom. And it's just, I mean, I know we got out of it and we're fine, you know, we've got the three points and we're going into the break, you know, with that four-point gap. But it's just so frustrating to go behind every single week. You know, you're having to, as I've said a few times now, it's like, well, you know Rangers have to score at least two every game at the moment because they're going to concede. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, is that we're, we now have the players that we can score those goals. See, previously, just, just kind of touched on uh, what Alex was talking there, um, before we needed Alfredo Morelos, now we don't because we've got goals for all over the team, whether it's Hadji, Kent, kind of Bakuna today, we've got Wright there as well. Um, we can allow Defoe to go and do punditry, we can send that in on loan. Okay, so it's, it's things like that, um, that that show you how much this team's changed. That we can now say, can, I said last week as a, a joke on Twitter, that uh, we're trying to make it interesting, we're, we're, we're giving teams a goal head start just to get some a challenge because it's that easy. But uh, uh, obviously, that's <laughs> it's, 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 it's no good. good it's no good for the heart, though, is it? You know, <laughs> definitely, definitely good for the heart. Okay, I, I say that a total joke, but the, the facts are that we've I think it's sixteen points after today we've won for a, for a losing uh, a losing yeah. position. And uh, can you, you could you could see all the cliches that's a sign of champions or this kind of stuff, but. At the same time, you're looking at it and you're saying that can't go on because we get away with that St. Martin I, we get away with it against Ross County, but we won't get away with that at Tynecastle, we won't get away with that um, when we didn't get away with it at uh, Tanadice, we won't get away with it at Parkhead, yeah. and these games are coming up, so we really need to get this sorted because it's becoming too regular. I think you said that was five games in a row that's happened. 
and it's, it's just not good enough. Alex, I, I, you know, we did get the the, the equaliser came for, for Joe Rebo, really good header, and it came for a corner kick that, that Ryan Kent had won, and we'll we'll talk about his his uh, contribution in a minute. But in terms of, in terms of Rebo, like another solid performance. You know, he's he really is playing well this year, and and, he, and he's playing well from that, that sort of deeper position in the part. You know, in the middle the middle three at always tend to prefer him in the front three. I, I like him on that right-hand side. I think he causes havoc. But it, there's, to me, there's no doubt he's, he's improving in that middle three area. You know, he's a, he's a better player there now than he was, say, last season. Uh, and, a, and a good goal, good header. That was a cracking header. That was a, it's actually a, a kind of centre-forwards, like a, an experienced um, top-level centre-forwards header. You know, kind of backwards header in the, in the far corner. Assist number 100, uh, for our captain, who's been getting a bit of, a bit of stick this season, and he just keeps. And he went on to get assist 101 um, with the fourth goal. Put that together, he's he's uh, two cracking goals he scored this season for us already at Fir Park and up at uh, Perth. He's just Tav, I think, just deserves a special mention. He's been he's been fantastic. Um, a consistent is is there, and again, summing up that thing of we're maybe not getting the plaudits we deserve, but the consistency for some of the players. It's a bit more. It's a bit more under the radar, you know. It's not as spectacular as it was last season, but still, um, we're top of the league, and we've been top of the league for a few weeks now, uh, playing like this. But I thought, uh, I Joe Aribo, we've all noticed that he's, he's filling out. You know, he still seems to have big spindly legs, but he's filling out um, as, as as a unit. But skill wise, he can do he can do practically anything. He wants in an attacking sense. I'm assuming yourself calling that. Um, I know, like so Gary was talking about, I know um, a lot of folk have got a problem with the uh, Davis, Jack and Kamara in the midfield has been a, a bit semi. But personally, I've always felt more kind of secure. We're talking about how we're losing a goal every game. I've always loved having those three in the midfield. It's not going to happen now because, of, well, it's not been happening because of the injury to, to Ryan Jack. It's, it's not going to happen as consistently now. But um, I love having them three in there with, as you're saying, Joe Rebo on the right, just hanging on the shoulder, up front, coming in, cutting in. And just uh, causing absolute havoc. Uh, and a contribution to uh, was it Bakuna's goal as well uh, today. And just uh, generally all around, he just he just looked proper, you know. And he looked that he looks that kind of comfortable winning way. He looks like I think what's happened with Rangers this season. Um, I think we have changed psychologically because we are champions. Um, we now have I know say for a second they're going out and they're deliberately losing a goal uh, to start every game and make it interesting for them <laughs> you know uh, and it does it does make it interesting listen listen listen, listen, listen it. but I no, think no, that's one way of putting it I, 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 know, I don't think I interesting is a word but anyway it's interesting go. for my heart <laughs> way. I know it's interesting as to whether I'm going to get him in a box or whether I'm going to uh, get him in the motor but I it was it's <laughs> we're, we're just we're doing that thing we've, we've now got the most experienced manager in the league, the longest serving manager, I think, in the in, in the Premiership, and we're still stuck. I think a lot of sports psychologically because of how how much we've been through the past ten years and how kind of traumatic it was getting closer and closer to Celtic, but not quite getting there for the last uh, three seasons. I think we're for, we're kind of forgetting that we're not chasing anymore. We we are the ones to be chased. Now we want to see us putting daylight yeah. between ourselves and Celtic, but uh, I think Joe Rebel and a few other players actually kind of epitomise that now. They're just comfortable within themselves. There's no that mania or that panic. You know, we've got to get there. We've got to get. It doesn't matter if we won this game. We've got to win the next game because we'll always be chasing. Even when we're top of the league last season, we were still chasing in the long term in terms of we were the team trying to pin Celtic back. 
and now they're chasing and I think we don't just look comfortable I think at times we look too comfortable but um, I Joe Aribo kind of epitomises to me how we've grown under Gerard. you know he's literally grown but uh, in an attacking sense he's, he's absolutely ferocious uh, uh, I was great today you mentioned Tav there, Alex. Uh, what about Bassi on the other side now? We are speaking about Bassi a couple of weeks back there. And I thought that the, I think the general opinion for everyone on the show that night was he's he's deserving of the shirt at the moment, but he's not quite what you would term as a first pick left back. Is he getting there now? I'd, I'd, because I, I genuinely think Borna has, has struggled this season and I, I, I've got no qualms at all when, when Bassey comes in. That's it. Uh, Ross was asking me the, the preview pod for the Bronby game the other night what I thought the team was going to be. And I actually just, just start with the same team uh, as last Sunday at Fur Park. I thought uh, Bassey was ferocious in that game. I thought he was absolutely thundering performance. You know, the ways, and it's not just the physicality now, it's not just up at that. I feel terrible always talking about black players talking about physicality and, that, and it always it's 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 one of these things that's always kind of noted as being potentially racist. And I really don't mean it like that. The guy is is just is just really, really physical, really, really quick. Uh, but some of the, the the problem he had maybe was he was being perceived as no being as accurate at the crossing as Borna Barisic. And at first you're thinking, well, who is? Because when Borna's on his game, he's forensic with the cross, it's like a laser. Um, but I think the first game of the season, first league game of the season against Livingston, he was doing that thing. Where he was getting slated for not getting the crosses in perfectly, but he was getting every every maybe third cross was a killer. You know, he was getting picked up in the two or three the, the, the two crosses that weren't so good. But then people were missing the fact that he was making it. He was bringing that shape to the team that they've had through the word go under Gerard. That kind of getting the fullbacks forward. And Borna's not been doing that. He's kind of retreated into that guy. I remember him at Rugby Park, maybe his, his first season, one game in particular, he almost seemed to like, get a fright when he saw the halfway line. He literally would turn back when he saw the halfway line coming. Um, whereas he's, he's at his best, obviously, when he piles forward. He's a kind of moody player. He's, not, he's, he's a bit up and down. But I thought Bassi's really, really becoming great at the crossing now as well. His crossing's really improved. And again, what I'm talking about, I think Gerard tried to move us on to the next level he gets slotted into the uh, centre-half today. <laughs> we'll maybe talk about that goal that we conceded at the end. But it's like, every day's a school day. The, it's like the minute he sees anybody, he's, he, the minute he sees anybody thinking, right, they've arrived, he's moving them on to the next task. He's keeping, there's a, there's a general kind of pushing on feeling about the whole club, about the, about, certainly about the team anyway. And uh, Gerrard's never happy. Um, and he's he's picking on Nathan Parson uh, at left-back today. You know, it's... It, you know, maybe maybe result. That's why we end up losing the goal at the end. But I, I think we're vastly improving. And I think this thing that we think with teams, uh, we were struggling maybe early in the season. Folk thought, "Is this Gerard? It's one season too many. It's the difficult fourth season syndrome." It happens with a lot of managers. But I think we're forgetting that we felt the way we feel about maybe Lundstrom and Bakuna earlier this season. We used to feel that way about Hadji. You know, we used to feel that way about Scott Wright's maybe doing that, that that kind of role where is he good, is it? No, he's got enough there, but he's not quite ready to be a regular. And I think it's just, we're just moving on to the next phase um, of this team. And uh, Bassey is a, a great example of that. You know, it seems like every season we've got a player who's coming through and we're starting to think, hey, he's going he's gonna to replace somebody that we thought was a fixture. You know, so I, I think he's been yeah. tremendous. 
Gary, on, on to probably arguably the moment of the game, really. Uh, you know, as, as I said earlier on, Ryan Kennedy's, you know, been out the last six, seven weeks or whatever it is. And you could easily argue that, it, you know, even though he didn't start the season that well, we've, we've definitely missed him. Uh, I mean, his goal to, to put us 2-1 up, it, it, it was just a reminder of uh, what we have missed. You know, it really is so vital and so important. I mean, where, where, I, where my seat is in the, in the, the governor rear, it looked a peach there, but when you see the, the goal for the camera angle, you know, and you're right behind the, the, the trajectory of the ball, you know, it goes up, it comes down. An absolute peach, an absolute peach of goal and a, a, a wee reminder of what he can bring to the team. Definitely, like that, that's that's why you pay seven million pound for players, well, certainly in Scotland. And you want them to be the best player in the park. And the day was just awesome. But I, I do wonder if at the start of the season, if he was actually fit, and that's why he's maybe a bit inconsistent. Because if he can play like he plays today for the rest of the season, then it's he probably would win Player of the Year playing like that because he was just absolutely awesome. And as uh, as Alex was saying earlier about Aribo looking like strong and physical after. Kent scored the goal. It zoomed in on him, and he was talking to. I think it was Gerard Beale, and she was in the size of him. So can it, he's came as a like a, a scrawny kid. But it's, it's, you can Hadji's the same. Can Scott Wright's the same? But they, they're coming as scrawny yeah. kids, and and you can see that they're improved not just their skills but their bodies and how they're looking after themselves. And like to, to me, that's a good advert for us bringing other players in in the future to say, well, look, this is where we're taking kind of raw talent, and this is what we're doing. I'm developing them. Like Kent's absolutely phenomenal, and like we'll, we'll double our money when he eventually goes. It's, it's, it's interesting you talk about the body shape because Haji's definitely one, but how quickly Scott Wright's body shape changed when he arrived. It felt within like two or three weeks, you're like, that guy is seriously bulked up. You know what I mean? He'd just look, his upper body was just. You could tell, you know, he was filling out really, really quickly. I think you're right. You know, it's noticeable. Aribo's the same. You know, every every one of those young boys that's came in is Morelos uh, as well. Yeah, well, it's went the other way, really, with Morelos. So, it's not really shoulders that's got bigger. It's maybe nearer the waist, but uh, yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. As you say, there's definitely something about how how the players are training that they're, they're, they're improving their physicality because every single one of them that comes through that door within two or three months they have an entirely different body shape I think there might be steroids in the church water that were filtering into either <laughs> oh the church water I forgot about that one aye and the caffeine that was another one the caffeine yeah aye anyway anyway uh, right Alex uh, back to Bakuna you know he started today you know again he's I think we've, we've sort of said a few times now that most of the, the, the guys that came in through the summer have, have, have yet to really have an impact. Lundstrom's, you know, had, had a few good games. Obviously, uh, Sakala got his hat trick last week. So, you know, he's had, had his wee moment. But overall, you would you would probably be looking for more for the guys coming in, you know, to, to refresh things. So it was good to see him get a start. Again, like Ryan Kent, his goal, an absolute peach, took it well. And, and hopefully that will give him the confidence and the belief to, to, to sort of push on now. Aye, absolutely. And I think there was Sakala had a, a lovely kind of involvement with that goal as well, just uh, kind of out in the left, which is probably where he should he's I think he started through the middle, Sakala, and he's maybe um, more suited to the kind of just left of the, the kind of centre forwards, so to speak, as he as he was at Fur Park last week. Um he does some great work and there's lovely play and Bassey's right up there as well. 
But I think that the thing for me is Bakuna linking up with Aribo as well, just knowing, just slotting in. You know, there's obviously an understanding there. It must have come through. You know, obviously, training mostly, uh, training sessions because nobody getting a lot of game time. But I think after him going off um, 38 minutes and, and or whatever it was in Prague, he went off kind of early doors in Prague um, and a bad night for us. It was nice to see him coming out the day and really kind of and kind of making his mark. Absolutely cracking hit, just absolutely smashing. Uh, and the thing for me was we were two goals up early on in the second half. That's I know the big thing has been we're losing goals every game. We're not keeping clean sheets. But I think actually more frustrating for me for, for most of the season has been with the amount of attack and talent we've always got on the park, the inability to go more than one goal ahead or somebody. We put that debate yeah. big style last week, obviously, at, at Fir Park. But then you've come in, you've made all these changes today and we've done the same thing again. You know, um, you're, you've gone the goal down. We've been one goal up at half time a few times, you know, at Ibrox this season, Motherwell, Hearts. And we've been playing absolutely brilliant. And you've thought, oh, here we go. And it didn't happen. And actually, we've conceded points by the end of the game, each game. Today, though, it's you're, you're a goal up at half time. You can already see that they're motoring better. They've, had, they've got that kind of graininess about them because they've, they've been a goal down. They're two goals up before 50 minutes. There's three goals up by the hour. And it's like, I don't actually understand what to do now. It's, I've got to play, I forget how to be relaxed during the game at Ibrox. You know, I'm just like, write my next novel or something like that with the spare time I've got but um, no it was it was a, it was a, it was a smashing <laughs> smashing goal mate and I think the way the way he went and he kind of launched himself up towards the Copeland you can see that he, he really enjoyed it as well he really, really wanted it it's always nice to see that bit of uh, it's that bit of kind of passion and also relief as well I thought it was a bit of relief in his celebration there was no kind of big time Charlie stuff like yeah I've arrived it was like I'm glad to have shown you what I can do yeah. get, that, get that monkey off my back it was great I, th- I thought he could have had it earlier. I thought the chance had went. Aye. You know what I mean? See, when he, when he played that wee one-two, I was like, hit it now. And he, he just took another wee touch. And at that point, I thought, oh, that's it, it's gone. So no, a really, a really, really good finish. And good to see him, as you say, it's, it's good to see him get his goal. And and, and hopefully we'll, we'll start to see the best of him now and, and, and they'll add to things. Uh, Gary, uh, staying on the sort of midfield area, been out for the last nine months. Arguably the, the biggest cheer of the day was was when we welcomed Ryan Jack back onto the park. Good to see him. I mean, I, I, I think it's difficult to argue that he played particularly well, you know, but I think that's understandable. You know, he's just coming back in. He's just wanting minutes in the legs. The game was done. So it's just about reintroducing him to the, the fold, so to speak. But really good to see him back. And it, it, there's no doubt that if, you know, he gets up to speed and puts in the sort of level of performance that we, we, we've seen prior to his injury, you know, he'll be a massive sort of bonus uh, to the squad moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And he's one of Gerard's favourites, by the looks of it, if, he's, if he can keep his fitness. Yeah. I, I was absolutely shocked that it was nine months when I, until Clive Tide Tilsley said today, I guess it was like 30-odd games he'd missed. Um, it just doesn't feel yeah. like that, that at all. But uh, like, uh, we know for the previous seasons, if Brian Jack's fit, he's probably one of Gerard's first men on the team sheet. Um, and... Like the, the security he gives you in the, the midfield, he's physical as well. And and for me, the thing is that he's he's a, a Rangers Rangers fan. He, he gets what what's about. And, and I'd heard on a, a another thing earlier today that he, he's one of the, the vocal ones in the changing room. So if he's doing that when he's fit and when he's playing, that will hopefully make us better, so other guys around him can do it. Because it's a bit hard to do it when you're injured and in the stand. 
See, that's a good point that you make. Is that I always hark back to to Graham Soonest talking about Ray Wilkins in this way. Uh, you know, when Ray Wilkins left Rangers, you know, Soonest made this comment, and I never quite got it at the time. I was only about fourteen or fifteen at the time. He says I was getting more from him off the park than I was on it. You know, what he was doing in the dressing room and how he g'd up the guys. I'm not saying that's the case with Ryan Kent. I'm not saying it at all. What I'm saying is it's that's something he does bring. You know, as you say, he's vocal in that dressing room. You know from the outside looking in, it would appear that he's highly respected. He's one of those guys that demands the most of his teammates, you know, dem- demands the sort of highest performance levels for them. If you're missing that, you know, it's a big loss. It's not just what he gives you on the park, it's also what he gives you in the dressing room. Yeah, de- definitely. I think it's, uh, it's especially for like the Rangers, even Celtic as well, I think it's such a big thing for, for players coming in who, who aren't from Scotland, aren't necessarily fans either. To understand what Rangers is, a, is about and like the demands of the fans, like it's it, it can't be stressed enough. Like if, if Rangers were playing, I don't know, Juventus tomorrow or whatever, can we would be wanting a result? Can that's the demand that comes to being a? a, a, a I'm no joking. I'm, I'm the joker. It's true. Like, yeah, I know. I know. You know the majority of the fans. It doesn't matter if it's a friendly or what. Can we play Real Madrid? You would want to beat them. Can that is the demand that yeah. comes to, to, to play with Rangers. So a lot of guys who maybe come in, that's kind of uh, going over all ground, but uh, when Warburton was there, I don't think Warburton understood that. I, I think he thought going to Easter Road or, or going to Apatodri and getting a draw was a good result. He maybe didn't say that uh, yeah. in front of the camera, but I certainly think he thought that. So that's, that's a good result, that. But guys like Jack, like McGregor, yeah. like Davis, they'll say, oh, that, that's no good enough. You've got to win every game. Yeah. And, and if, if people it's, it's... can't get that, then they need to go to the club. I harken back to another player Lee McCulloch made a point you're saying that once he was on the, the commentary or the punditry one day and it was a Rangers game and he, he sort of made this comment about you know Rangers are actually a very very difficult club to play for you know from the outside looking in you think oh that's easy you know you're playing for the biggest and best club in the country you just turn up and you beat everybody else that's it and he's like it's not like that it's the demands for the supporters and and when things do go wrong, you know, you're very aware of it. You know what I mean? The, the, the criticism comes thick and fast. Well, it's, you could even look at a guy like Andy Halliday. Can he, he's not the, the best player that's ever played with Rangers. He's not the worst either. But that, that's a guy that, that got it. And kind of like Rangers yeah. is a 24-7 thing. And a lot of guys maybe like that a wee easy number going down to play with Brighton or something where you can walk about the town centre after a game after you've been beat or, or go out for dinner at night. At Rangers, that's not the case. And, and it's, it's a big thing for players maybe to come up here and experience that. And there's great players that have just not been able to handle that. And, and lesser players look like... Uh, it's not even Rangers fans. Like Nacho Novo, for example, he came and embraced that and probably punched yeah. him of his weight. But because he got what it was all about, he embraced all that. Whereas there's, there's really talented guys who've came up and just crumbled because of that pressure. So yeah. can, that's why I always yeah. like to have like a kind of Corey Rangers... Um, supporters in about the place uh, obviously they've got to be good enough can, isn't it just a case of can jobs for the boys or whatever but like Walter Smith uh, obviously sadly he passed away last week but when he came back in 2008 or 2007 the first thing he done was he brought the, the, the spine back of a, a, a team of Scottish guys some of them maybe weren't, weren't they good enough can I? I didn't think Lee McCulloch was particularly good enough but he got it he got what Rangers was about can cut Broadfoot or another guy can Never in a million years used to be playing with Rangers, but uh, guys like that got it and embraced it. And, and they, 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 can you, you need the kind of players. 
and like I, I always harp on about Scottish players they played signing with Rangers and I, I wish we, we did have more as I say they've got to be good off but it's a guy like Ryan Jack who was playing with Aberdeen I know he was a captain but I'd never knew much about him and he came in here uh, to Rangers and upped his game and to me he's like can he's improved so much as a player but see because he gets it and he, he enjoys all that pressure that comes with playing with Rangers and hopefully that would yeah and pass on to other guys around them and, and make the, the full team better. So if, if, if he's on the park doing that, it'll hopefully make the field squad better as well. Well, and can, I, can I just add to uh, oh, I, what Gary's saying? I, I, there? Absolutely spot on, 100%. And I think um, who did, it was Lundstrom he came on for, wasn't it, today? It was Lundstrom Jack came on for. Yeah, and if, yeah. not, and if yeah. not, that's the guy who needs to hear, Lundstrom needs to hear that roar. The roar for Ryan Jack today. Uh, when he come on, and I think that because he's a fella, I, I, I can't help suspecting Lundstrom has got a touch of the Mark Warburton's about him. He's and I, I, you're right. I remember Warburton almost kind of looking at us as if to say, "But you were liquidated just there. Why? Why are you wanting to? You shouldn't expect to win all these games so quickly." And it's like, no, this is you. You don't get it. And uh, I think there's a touch of that with Lundstrom. Lundstrom the conundrum. He's he's got it going forward. He's fantastic. He, he did a really solid, a uh, good game of day. But again, he's that thing. He's near when things go wrong. When we lose a goal, I know that it was possibly offside the first goal we lost. But Lundstrom's kind of near it all the time. Uh, a lot of the goals are lost this season, or he's been directly responsible for them. And it's like he doesn't get that bit of no. You shouldn't let it. You've got to watch the back door as much as going forward. You know, you just enjoy yourself. This is Rangers you're playing for, and yeah. I think I think that hopefully that roar of the day when Ryan Jack went off, he'll think to himself, "All right, that's what I've got to aim for." You know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a standard. That's speaking of standards, Alex. Uh, I'd like to talk about the refereeing standards today. Uh, David Monroe's performance. I, I, I think. Uh, a bizarre performance at times. I thought some of some of the things that he let go were uh, pretty shocking. I thought, especially in light of some of the things he wasn't he letting go. You know, I thought God, it was. I I don't know what happened with Balligan. Like when uh, Ryan Kent scores his his, his wonder goal, absolutely cracking strike. Uh, Balligan's kind of lying down in the box. He has been hurt, and I, the fella sitting behind me, um, who's you know pretty sharp with these things, he's like Balligan's going to get that guy. And I don't know if he'd been he's been. Bundled or whoever, and I've 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 lost. Uh, I've forgotten who it is he actually Balogun then does hit down towards the the kind of Rangers end um, and takes the booking. But when for me the, the worst decision never made it was I don't feel that's we're referring to is it Callaghan the guy who scored against us for Hamilton Aki's last season. Uh, uh, the, 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 the challenge Bassey. on Bassey. <laughs> how 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 is that not a cut? And I, I can't help thinking, yeah. you know, maybe it's a, you can't help thinking it's a bit like a footballer, you know, if, if, you, if you're maybe not sure of your skill, the first thing you want to do is go out and make it, you know, the old juniors style, just go out and make your mark, just put yourself a bit physically, and then you can build on that. You know, you can once you've made your kind of physical mark in the game, you can get your skill skillful side going. And I don't know if we referees, I've never heard of David Monroe. Maybe the other thing is if you can go to Ibrox and Parkhead and no give them Certainly, like, don't doubt it. It'll be seen to no give them a booking, no, 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 give them like a, a decision yeah. they're looking for. At least we know you're not being swayed by the crowd, and then you can actually get decisions right. You know, <laughs> once you've sorted that, once you've shown <laughs> you, you don't bow to the, the old firm crowd, you know. Um, I, I the offside, the oh, sorry, the first goal, you know. <laughs> Um, the goal that Ross County it scored. is offside I mean I, that, I, I was in line with it it looked offside at the time I've I, seen it since 
Uh, and it's tighter than I thought it was, but it's definitely oh, offside. I've never seen. I, I don't, the only line I've seen, obviously, is the line of you know, the, the, the way the grass is cut, you know. And I could see maybe, yeah. maybe uh, Golson's head, his Golson's feet certainly are, are playing the guy offside um, at the point the decision should be made. But his head might be. There's a chance his head could be as far forward as the fella's knee. I don't know. Um, that, but but it's, it's, it wasn't a. It wasn't to the time. At the time, it looked clear cut offside to me. I can see maybe there's a chance um, that you know it's at least not as terrible a decision as I thought it may have been. But uh, the, the booking yeah. uh, was was a bit. Or the non booking uh, of Callan was a was was very weird, and uh, he was putting himself about. It, it was a classic case of that didn't stop him. He needed a booking early doors, Callan. He was putting himself about quite uh, yeah. nastily, getting wound up by the crowd, and it was getting a bit dangerous. Um, so, I that was. It's okay, and I think this is the time to complain about these things when we've actually won the game, you know, unlike certain other teams. Yeah, aye. Yeah, aye, well, aye, we'll not go there. Uh, Gary, uh, you know, I, th- I think the ambition today, I mean, it's it's been, you know, it's been a very, Ross was mentioning this earlier on in the sort of, the immediate sort of post-match comments that, you know, because of the international breaks, it's felt very stop-start. You know, you, you, you get maybe four or five fixtures in, boom, you have to stop, four or five in, boom, you have to stop. So I think the ambition this this weekend was, you know, to maintain that four-point lead, go away. Obviously, the players that are, are uh, have got international duty, they'll go away. The rest of the guys will probably get a few days off, come back next week uh, after the, 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 the international rounds hopefully refreshed and ready to go because as, as you said earlier on we've got a, a really sort of strong set of fixtures coming up you know we've, we've got the semi-final against Hibs uh, we've got to travel in December we've got to travel to uh, Tynecastle Petodre Easter Road and then obviously in January we're going to Celtic Park so it's, it feels like that, that that December period is always key in terms of you know where, where, where the title goes so good that they're going away. They've got the four-point gap. Come back, refresh, ready to go, and, and push on because these are really, really important games coming up. Hundred percent. I think these uh, these games will make or break our season for sure. Like if we uh, if, if we come out the other side, this top of the league, I think that that will be us uh, win the league effectively. But the thing about international breaks, which I think see see the better we get, the more international players we're getting, so they're not getting a break. So it's maybe great for guys yeah. like, like the English players, really, that are kind of good enough for England. But uh, like when we've got Drift now going to Jamaica, you know, he can potentially three guys going to Nigeria at times, like that, Morelos going to Colombia. Can these guys aren't getting a break anymore? And it's, it's unfortunate because when will they get their break? It'll need to be us to give them the break because the international teams are not going to do it. So it's a, it's a shame. And, and that's why I can understand why Gerard makes so many changes as much as I criticise it. Um, but he makes these changes because he's trying to give all these guys wee breaks, whether it's Davis, fucking guys like that, and try and uh, give them all as much a break as they can. But today was the bottom of the league, so you can afford to make some changes, drop your Davis and guys like that, um, and Morelos as well. But uh, I got he's he's got to do that to try and keep these guys at the peak of their condition for, for, for these uh, blocksy games and I, I actually like it the way he does it because he always talks about it to take the international break take it to a winter break and I kind of feel if you, you give yourself we many targets we many leagues 
It's good yeah. that did you do it. Kind of, I, I know he says take one game at a time, which I totally agree with. But I think maybe internally they'll focus on that section of games if, if we can. If yeah, we're still top games, after that, yeah. If we're still top after that, continue with that. And uh, but certainly this will be probably the hardest. That's the hardest I can think of for a while. That before the runny games, it just happens. It's the, the better teams all away from home at once. But if we play as we know we can play, it shouldn't matter. Can it really shouldn't matter? We should be better than what's in front of us. But we need to stop giving away the first goal. That would help. Yeah. Alex, I mean, I'm going to slightly disagree with Gary here. It seems to me that every December we, we, we travel Easter Road, Pataudry, Celtic Park, Tynecastle. What is it about December that just it just always seems to be a, a really, really tough month? Aye, it's, uh, it's brutally hard. Um, but as, as Gary's saying, if, if we can hit this, if we can hit this right, and it could be brutally brilliant, it could be brutal for the rest of for the rest of the league. Um, I it's. We're, we're all panic. If we're going, if you're going to panic about Rangers' form this season, it's because we've had so many home games and we've no really pushed on and got a, a healthy distance between us and a Celtic team that was you know, struck really struggling to find its feet. Um, but if it's going to work out, and it's kind of fantasy that I've got worked out, you know, I've got it all planned out how we're going to win the league this season. Um, it's like we kind of we said to them, you know, with the, with the Aberdeen result, you know, it was kind of there you go. You know, first punch on his go. Um and they for want a better face shot out. And that's that's sometimes more effective, I think. And we've seen it for the other side what happened to Rangers Celtic offer you up a chance. There you go, we've slipped up, take it away. And then it's like you're like one of these snooker players who doesn't actually want to get out of his seat. He just no, just get me back. I just want to sit down again. And uh, it was I think that psychologically that was a massive blow uh, for Celtic last week. And for us to then follow up with a six-one was a real, a real slap in the face. Yeah. Um, and I feel as if that, that part it's of funny that. Though. If, yeah. Hi. There you go. <laughs> if, if, if it's if it's if it's part of the the plan for this season to kind of just like let them have it, you know, on you go, come on. And I think this Rangers team does enjoy a challenge. I think they actually like a fight. Um, well then, this is the time I think we might actually pull away. I would, it wouldn't surprise me, is what I'm saying, if we actually win at Easter Road, win at Petodre, win at Tynecastle, win at Parkhead, and that's it. And then we start just dropping points at home again for the second half of the season. But that's it. We've won, <laughs> won, we've won the league, really. You know, I, I've got a funny feeling that's 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 how it's that's how it's going to go. Um, but I, it's a it's a brutal brutal set of fixtures um, coming up, but. I think this Rangers team, as I say, I think they actually quite enjoy it. I know, I think maybe the after last season, I'm, not, I'm never for a second going to say they, they can't play in front of crowds, obviously, they, they, they love playing in front of crowds, but I think maybe they're a bit upset. A lot of the players haven't realised they thought winning 55 with everybody, the way everybody at Rangers has talked about 55, we've won it, and then they'll go back and they're no scoring for 20 minutes against Livingston, they're getting a bit of a slag and they're thinking, wait a minute, I've been looking enough in the bank. No, I've not got enough credit. But as Gary yeah. was saying, as, as Gary was saying earlier, it's maybe I've been a wake up call to them. Just how demanding the Rangers support is, and that you just, you just can't ever slip off. No matter you can't ever slip up. No matter what's been done. But for me, mate, sorry, it's the League Cup. The, the, the League Cup, I think, could change everything if we could, if we could get that one. I think that would move us on to the next level. That would really bed in what happened last season, and uh, that's the one I'm get that sorted, and I'll have so much more confidence about the rest of the season. Yeah, it'd be nice to win a cup again. I mean, you know, in a very poignant week for, you know, for Walter Smith, it's hard to believe that he was the last manager to win as a domestic cup, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it'd be good to, it'd be good to see that change. Right, guys, on to matters off the 
part now. Uh, you know, the, the club announced the the, 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 the release of their accounts through the week. Uh, some fairly grim reading in there. I think we, we all expected it on the, on the back of COVID and, you know, all, all the sort of stuff that's been happening in the world of, of, of late. So £23.5 million pound losses for the year. Uh, you know, this falls a sort of a run. You know, it was like fifteen point nine million in nineteen twenty, eleven million, uh, eighteen nineteen, thirteen point two million, seventeen eighteen. So, you know, Douglas Park was sort of keen to say that you know the club's in recovery. He looks at it as a ten year uh, a, t- a ten year plan, and you know, so they've had to front load a lot of the money and and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's obvious that to me. Gary, that the you know obviously the the result against Malmo has been damaging in that front. You know that would have brought in a, a good amount of revenue, and and then COVID as well. And I mean, I know I mean, I, I, I'm not worried about it as such, but you do think this it can continue forever. You know there, there has to be some sort of balancing uh, going on at some point. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with where you were saying about the the, the losses for the 2015. I think we need to like always try look at the bigger picture uh, the guys that came in then had a plan and it was to front load debt if you want to call it that with the objective to, to, to grow the business grow the club faster than, than what it would be if we just naturally let it done and, and built as we, we improved kind of thing so I know I know the, the, the Celtic fans and whoever love to say he's in debt he's all this <laughs> or that but the facts are is that that's no money it's just been like pissed against a wall and players that haven't been successful it's built infrastructure it's improved stuff in the boot aye there's been mistakes Kashinia uh, prime example uh, probably lost a couple of years with Murray as well um, dragging your feet there uh, with the, the Derek McInnes uh, carry on but we've invested in, in, in lots of things behind the scenes um, like the, the, the retail the uh, commercial side, the ticket office, maybe, maybe I don't know, that's a, a bad thing to talk to you about calling the ticket office, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's just me. We've invested in uh, Rangers t- TV, kind of things like that, and uh, it's, it's been about an objective to, to do bigger things, like the Edmondson House thing, that just looks absolutely amazing, and that's all things that's yeah. been, it wasn't just thought of yesterday, it's been part of a plan for for. But six years so far, they said it was a 10 year plan, we're, we're kind of halfway through it. Covid's happened, unfortunately, which is, uh, hasn't helped. But the, the, the one kind of shining light through it all is that even though Covid happened, we never stopped. Can Edmondson House still got demolished? They still pushed ahead with the, the new one. Uh, they're still talking about uh, looking to increase the capacity of the ground, they're still signing. Uh, like Camaron contracts, can kind of the general get an extension? Was it last year or, or the year before? Can kind of they're still yeah, to, yeah. they're still looking to, to improve. Um, but what was I, I was trying to think earlier. I was, I was writing it down. They said that it was eleven point three million we actually lost due to fans not being there, even though um, we'd sold season tickets just for like. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the matched income. So, uh, eleven million. So that takes quite a chunk of that loss off, and I think five million of that was a uh, refurbishment, uh, or more refurbishment, or the lounges and things like. That. So, that, can I, that's a big chunky of uh, money. So, as long as we've got people who are willing to take that slack, that's great. I, I don't think it can, it can continue 
going forward, I think it's a, it's a healthy position to be in to rely on people to basically bail us out every year. But if it's part of the plan and they're happy doing that for that plan, then to me it's, it's great because at the end of the day, we, we could have, if we had different people in charge and they were just trying to balance the books and, and, and they looked at what was happened in the past and says, no, no, we need to make a profit, we need to break even. You would, maybe we'd have seen Morelos away last year, maybe we'd have seen Kent away last year at the first, bet, uh, the first bid and we would never have won the league. And, it, and that's what's got to happen that the, we've got guys in charge who are, are Rangers fans they look at the bigger picture it might be hard to sometimes let your, your heart overrule your head but they've seen things that have came onto their table whether it be a, a bid for Morelos, a bid for Kent there's rumours they bid bids for Hadji bids for Barisic, all these kind of rumours but they've said no that's not how much we think these players are valued at so we're not selling them for for, for under, under what we think they're worth with the, the aim that we're going to become take us to the next level with the players personally I think we put a lot of our eggs in the basket thinking we would get the Champions League this season we maybe should have yeah, arguably yeah. Uh, consider Morello uh, Malmo sorry uh, end up qualifying for it but that's maybe why we didn't sign any, any real big players on money but we could have sold players if you know what I mean so they've done that, they've kept that players, those players have kept that squad. But this year is the big year we really need to win this league. Like, see, even more than qualifying for the last 16s of Europa Leagues and everything, or, or anything like that, we need to win this league because that will take us to the next step on our rebuild. And uh, what I don't want them to do is get to that and then fall in the trap of relying on Champions League money every year. We need to be a sustainable yeah, business yeah. I, I think uh, they already said that was it I think 2023 or something they're looking to break even is that maybe right 2023 that they're looking to break even so I really hope that's done with the Europa League slash conference I think they're, they're pretty much the same kind of incomes on that and then if you get Champions League money that's a bonus if you don't then it doesn't really matter but you can still sell players and do it that way player trading if we need to which is another good thing is that we have got these players now that we maybe didn't have under Cassini maybe even under Warburton that were big assets so if we were struggling we could sell a Camara we could sell a Morelos get a Hadji the first squad now can Aribo as we were talking about earlier these are guys that are, can go, uh, go for 10 million plus and we brought them in for, for less than that so to me we're in a great position and as I said but I'm looking at the bigger picture and I think that what they've said they were going to do for day one they did say it was brick by brick Paul Murray said brick by brick maybe people didn't realise that, that, that how serious it was yeah. but they've done everything they said they were going to do bar a couple of hiccups but nobody's perfect and to, to me like to me we're on the right course okay, we're top of the league now we're in a semi-final we're in Europe for the fourth season in a row We've got a great manager. We've got a good setup around them. We've got a commercial department that's that's getting better and better. I, I, I'm sure they said. I think I wrote it down here. In fact, uh, no, I didn't. That the Bizgrove had made. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 wrote, I wrote certain numbers to try and keep keep it right. But Bizgrove's made X amount of million pounds in sponsorship in the middle of a pandemic last year. You know, that's incredible. That he's still managing to get people to give us money when, when there's not actually anybody going to see the games. It's incredible the, what they're doing. Ross Wilson as well, the football department. All these things are getting better and better and better. And it's not um, just to get the, 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 the team winning on the park. It's to bring all these things together 
put its uh, players that we can sell or sponsorships in, merchandise contracts, all these things. It's all you've got to do it step by step by step, and then at the end of it, hopefully we'll, we'll see the fruits of it. Alex, the the, the, the the accounts also stated that you know that the club will need seven point five million pound of funding before the end of the season, and I suppose uh, there's a couple of things here. One, we're fortunate to have people in place and in position that, that are prepared to do that. You know, as Gary says, that's what's that's what's been needed. We've had to front load the cash to to, to get the club off its knees and, and and back into the sort of place that it should be. And also the fans, you know, the, the 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 supporters who paid for season tickets through that COVID season, you know, that's been so vital. You know, even although it, the, the club still lost money and they've, they've had to impact on the, they've had to put claims through their uh, business interruption insurance. I think they've they've got two million back so far, and they're looking to get to get more money. But you know, the fact that supporters done that. I mean, we all knew it was vital, but I think when you see these accounts, you realise just how vital that was. But there was, there was another couple of things I wanted to raise. One thing that sort of, you know, tricked my ears up a wee bit when I was looking at it was the, the amount of money that came in from Castor, you know, 4.2 million. When you, when you see the amount of shirts that have been shifted and, you know, I, I thought that was quite a small amount of money. And I done a wee bit of digging. Celtic made 22 million through Adidas. You know, the the contract with Castor is, is is worth twenty five million over the four years, I believe. But the four point two million, I thought that was quite disappointing. And I, 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 I kind of, as I said, my my head sort of whoop when I read that. Aye, it seems strange. Um, but at the same time, as, as Gary's saying uh, quite rightly, it's the Champions League. I think we're we're just at that point. We're just at that point where I mean, you have to remember my pie. Into the, the money they make from me buying pies, they lost that last season. That's that's good. One point two, one point five yeah. million, mate. You know, so that's 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 coming out of the budget <laughs> straight away. Um, there is not a castor top big enough um, to, to get to the top of me. But um, no, I, I think you get in the Champions League. The profile is raised. You're open to you know proper kit sponsorship money. You know, up front as opposed to having to just rely on just having just to rely on actual sales of <laughs> strips um, to kind of make up for any shortfall. Now, I am not, as you can probably tell already, any kind of financial expert. I mean, it's all totally um, uh, above my head. Um, I did work in a bank for a while, but it was basically just as a kind of uh, desk jockey, just keying in stuff that I was told to key in. You know, I didn't really... Um, it was really about the same time as World Financial Crisis, so I don't know if it's linked, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the best person to talk about funds, but my, my, my general feeling has always been just a gut feeling, we were just looking at the people that are in charge and I felt that um, from the moment we kind of crashed financially in 2012, you're looking at the guys that were coming in to get us going again, uh, to try and build up the infrastructure and it just became apparent really quickly that it was always going to be like shysters, then a bit of class of shyster, and then you get somebody like Dave King who I think is just the kind of, kind of gateway to proper businessmen, he's kind of, you know, has his moments, Dave. Um, a lot of people want to put statues up for him and what have you, but, you know, we owe him a big debt and that debt's been paid, I think, with the, the 800,000-odd interest. Um, but at least he's a Rangers man. Dave King was a Rangers man. Businessmen are always businessmen. They always want their money back. But I think now we are in a situation where uh, John Bennett and Douglas Park were saying they're going to, you know, the 7.5 million, they're going to stump that up for us um, at a, a kind of a better 
you know, um, kind of interest rate, if you like. I don't really understand the ins and outs, but they're guys I would trust. They're, they're guys that look, they're, they're, they've put their money where their mouth is the last few years. They really seem to have the, the club's best interests at heart. Um, and I'm not really going to panic too much just now. It's no good. You know, we don't want to see these kind of figures, but I think proportionately you'll see other clubs in the country have, have lost the same kind of amount of money. Um, just they're not having to, they're not having to buy as big because they're, they're no Rangers. Um, COVID has hit everybody really, really hard. But um, I go back to the original, the original um, point there. I think that the kit deal um, is that, that that's disappointing. You know, because it seems to be so prominent. Uh, all the Rangers supporters are, are daft about the kits. You know, um, I just I, I feel as if it should. I feel as if it should have uh, reaped more rewards. But it's no good. Generally, it's, it, it's no good. But um, like yourself, um, I'm not going to panic. And as Gary's saying quite rightly, we have the assets there. Um, if there's going to be any kind of fire sale, you know, we might not get the top dollar for them. But we've got the players there that we could uh, could clear that debt tomorrow. Um, so I am. It's it's no good. But I'm not panicking, mate. Uh, final point for uh, tonight, guys. Uh, I'll stick with you now, Alex. Uh, Aston Villa sacked Dean, uh, Dean Smith today. And obviously, as always happens when any manager <laughs> leaves his post, Stephen Gerrard has, has been linked with it. And I noticed, I, I just got home for the, the sort of last five minutes of the Liverpool game today and I watched a wee bit of the, the analysis after it. And it came up in that and, and, and Jamie Carragher was sort of saying it that in his his opinion he was sort of keen to stress that you know this wasn't coming from Stevie it was it was it was his opinion based on what he knows uh Steven Gerrard. He didn't think he would take the Villa job. He, he, he thinks he would be flattered by it and you know he, he respects Villa, thinks they're a big club, but that he felt that Gerard would want another at least two, maybe three trophies before he before he took on another job and that's kind of how I view it I mean I'm not overly concerned I mean obviously like, it, it, you know he's, he's human it might take him closer to his family you know if he's working back down there uh, there's there's loads of aspects to take into consideration but I, I kind of I'm in tune with what Carragher was saying and I'm, I'm not too concerned about it what about yourself? Uh, no, no no concerned well I'm always, I'm always kind of panicking, and I, I, at least Villa had the decency to start these rumours before we actually won today. It seems like every time Rangers got a good win, somebody sacks their manager in the English Premier League the next day, and I've got to crap myself for the next uh, 24 hours until they actually get somebody else in. But I think, I, I don't see, I, I think it's Liverpool. I think he just wants to go to Liverpool. Um, you never know what's going to happen. You never, you, know, you, you can't say Gerrard's going to be here to the end of the season with any certain, any hundred percent certainty. But I think all things being even, he wants he wants to go to that Champions League. He wants to get this League One. He wants to get us into the Champions League. As you say, he wants to get some some cups as well. Um, his interview on Rangers TV it must be. I just saw a wee bit on YouTube uh, tonight where he was asked about the internationals. You know these players you want them to do well, and he's barely no. Basically saying, don't try for your country. Come back here and get that bloody League Cup one. The determination he's got yeah. um, speaks of a guy who doesn't want to go anywhere. And no, I, I doesn't want to go anywhere except Anfield. I'd be more worried if I don't know if Xavi doesn't go to Barcelona. Maybe he's away already. And and Klopp, I think Klopp wants to go to Barcelona eventually. That seems like his kind of next step. Um, and that's when I would start start worrying. And uh, even at that point, I wouldn't be in any way better about it. I just know that's where, where Stevie G wants to go. He would go with my best wishes. But hopefully, he's, he's good for the rest of this season. It will happen one day, but I, I don't think it's going to be anywhere other Liverpool. 
Gary, what about yourself? Any concerns, or are you, are you fairly confident that he'll he'll stay for at least this season? Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I think, uh, especially, I absolutely despise English football uh, with all my being. And, and, what, what, um, what, and, and, and I'll, I'll tell you the main, the main reason is they're, they're quite like sack happy attitude for, for kind of bang average teams and I think Aston Villa kind of fall into that I think Gerrard's got too yeah. much riding on being successful with us to, to risk leaving a good thing or potentially a good thing that he's, he's building with us to go down there and maybe get sacked in six months and then then where is he it's like Frank Lampard can probably back a studio then Bunditry because if he stays with us, wins the league, possibly another couple of cups, and gets the Champions League next year, which is the platform he wants to, to be on, that Eric could walk into that Liverpool job once Klopp uh, decides to go. N- not because ability, because he's Steven Gerrard. And I think that's, that's something to remember as well. It's not like it's a... This is a total war button bashing because I might mention him again, but it's somebody like... Somebody like Warburton who is clearly... Had a, a plan to, to get himself up to, to the top of management. Stephen Gerrard doesn't need to do that. He, he's already got that job if he wants it. Um, when, when the time's right, so so he, he doesn't need a stepping stone. And I think that's a, a, a big thing for us that, that we know that unless that job comes up, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. He, even if that was at Chelsea, I, I wouldn't really be worried either um, because I, I think he's, he's hard, as, as Alex said, his heart set on Anfield. But the the one thing I would say is like. Aston Villa, whoever's running the show there, like Ange Ball, get it's it's taking the world be crazy. Like I don't know why they're not looking at Poster Coglu. <laughs> well, aye, that's a good point, actually, Gary. Uh, a good point, well made, and a good way to finish off uh, the show tonight. So a big thanks to to Gary and Alex for their their, their excellent <laughs> contributions there, as always. Uh, well, we're live tonight, as, as we always are uh, on the Sunday night, guys, but the show will be available tomorrow on a variety of platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places. So put the word out there on social media, let people know that we're here. Uh, well, I'm trying to think about what shows we'll have next. I, do, I think we do have a show next week. I'm not, I've not seen the... You're nodding your head there, Alex. We do have a show. Aye, aye, International aye, okay. football, are they? Yeah. The, kilt, the kilt and the green guy, you want to call it, or you'll be I'll get that one of us. Right, uh, so, <laughs> so we'll have a show next week talking about international football. <sighs> All right, looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, www. Easy for me to say. Uh, until next time, guys, bye for now.